Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burse, LCSW, and I'm excited to be joined by foster mama, Laura Collier, today. She's going to be chatting with us about her family, so thank you for being here, Laura. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about your family and how you guys got involved with foster care. So I am a single foster parent. It's been it's been a wild ride. Um, I grew up kind of in foster care, but not really, which is like a weird place. My school guidance counselor actually gave me the option of being placed into foster care. I was like, well, I can do it myself. Um, I was like a teenager. So she knew I was like in a a rough place. Um, So I started, I lived with a couple of different families and different friends throughout my high school years. And then, yeah, when I was in my like mid twenties, I was like, I want to do this. God, I hadn't put a man in my house yet. And I was just like, well, the kids need a place. They need a place to live and they need a warm home. And so I started the process when I was 26. Wow. That's and it was amazing. amazing. It was amazing. So- First placement was a student's sister. Are you serious? Yeah. Yep. So I teach middle school science. And I had a seventh grader that year and she was like, yeah, like you should foster. I was like, okay. So I did it. And she eventually moved to the eighth grade and went to a different school. And then four months later, her little sister arrived on my doorstep. Wow. So did you know beforehand that she was your student sister or you figured out later? We like the, the worker came in and she was just talking to me, making small talk. And she's telling me about asking where I worked. And I was like, oh, like, this is my school. And she was she's like, I have, a, I have a client there. I was like, well, there's only one client in our school. I'm like, is it this girl? And she's like, yeah, this is her sister. Like, okay. wow. Small world. Amazing. Okay. And how long was she with you? So she was with me for two years on the dot. Wow. Okay. Amazing. So how long have you been fostering now? So this, it's a little over three years. Okay. Wow. And who, what kind what kiddo situation do you have in your home right now? I have my seventh grader. Your seventh grader. Well, she's 17 now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it was like really full circle. So how did that all come to be? <laughs> So I had a really good relationship with her in seventh grade. And then I got her sister and she was just like very supportive. I'm really big on creating relationships with the bio parents. With the bio parents come the other bio kids. And she was still in foster care and being bounced around. And I just didn't have the space to take her. And so like we kept this relationship and she also has a little brother who is five now. 
And she, they eventually moved to a, an adoptive family. And so we've just been keeping in contact ever since they've moved And last or not the last September, this September, she called me and was like, my mom's kicking me out. Can I come with you? Wow. Like, yeah, absolutely. Let's go. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. So she's with you now. She is. Yeah. And is that like the plan for the foreseeable future is like, she'll stay with you or. Yeah. So she's a junior right now, but she'll, she'll be with me. Yeah. Which we're both, we're both happy about. She's very independent and taking teenagers was never my plan. Yeah. It's so funny how that works, right? You're like, we're going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then it's like, no, (laughs) something different is happening. At the time that she asked to come live with me, I have, I had a two month old placement. And I was like, yes, like babies are where it's at. I love it. And I had a good thing going with his biological family. And then she came in. And I was like, oh, I don't do teens, <laughs> but she's been amazing. It's been such an amazing growth for both of us. Wow. It's incredible to me that your story, like as you're growing up was a little like not traditional. And then your foster care experience as an adult fostering is a little not traditional, but so cool. And I think my husband is a teacher and I think, I mean, so I'm a little biased, but I do just think that there is just something about a teacher who, you know, really cares about the students that when they come across a student who is really struggling like that, the student can sense the teacher cares and more so than just about their grade or how they're doing in school, that they really connect on a deeper level. And it's so amazing to hear a story like yours, which is like, she knew that you were a safe person, not just for her younger sister, but for herself eventually. Yeah, it was, it was definitely like a huge, like she saw me as a safe place. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Well, that just like brings a tear to my eye because that just shows what an amazing teacher you are and just how open you, you are. So what made you decide like, well, I guess, I mean, I know you said you had had this thought maybe from growing up, but what made you decide like, yes, I'm definitely going to do it. Was it exactly when she said to you in seventh grade, like you should foster? No. So actually I have a pretty good foster community around me. And the people that I was living with at the time, they started fostering. And at the time, like, obviously I was living with them, so I couldn't foster, but like seeing their journey, I was just like, I could do this. Like there are kids who need this and there's nothing about me that like is a, not a safe place for them. Mm-hmm. And after sh- my student was like, yeah, we need more good foster homes. Like you should do it. I was like, okay, God, okay, I'll do it. Like, okay, do I need a megaphone? Like, this is what I want you to do. Yeah. Wow. So how, how would you describe the experience of foster care to someone who's maybe thinking about it or is just like not sure, or maybe even a single mama who's like, maybe I want to try this. Oh, my biggest piece of advice or just in general, it is, it is a roller coaster ride. Like I know that so many people describe it that way and it's really the best possible description of it because there are so many highs about it. So my little guy went to his aunt, my little two month old, and he moved at the end of September and I still take him every other weekend. And like being with his mom, she comes to church with me on Sundays. And like, that's just not traditional for DCF. 
like it is possible to have those relationships. And like, it just felt like that was like the high parts. Whereas now with my, my 17 year old, we're trying to get visits with her younger siblings and DCF is putting up a stink about it. And that's a low, yeah. like that's, it stinks. And it is just like little blips along the way, but it is absolutely doable. Like as a single parent, I do have to say as a single parent, it is necessary, absolutely necessary to find a support group, to find other foster parents in your area, to find a church, people that are going to support you and love you and just really be there for you and listen. It's been one of the biggest blessings in my life to have both of those. That's amazing. It's actually so funny. I just opened up my group coaching program for the first time this past summer and two thirds of the foster mamas in it are single foster moms. And I was just like, I feel like of all the foster moms, like we all know we need community, but I'm like, yes. And amen. And I will clap it up for these ladies who are like, I need support. I need a high level of support because it's like, you need it. Like you said, like as a single foster mom, especially, but like all foster moms need it, but single foster moms are like, And I know they don't like when I say it, but I'm like, you're my heroes. Like you literally are like, because it's just, it's just a lot. It's a lot. And it's, it's just on your shoulders. So yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's amazing. So who shows up for you as a support? Like what has been the most helpful type of support for you? The most helpful type of support. I really think it's other foster parents. Like my church is amazing and I love all of them to the end of the world. And I am blessed that my church recognizes foster care and they have, there are foster parents in there. So like, it's like a double wham, like a double bonus, (laughs) but to have those people that are going through the trenches with you that understand the different highs and the different lows is just, it's essential. Like you need that church is great to have those people to listen to you and to be there for you. And it's great. But to really have somebody who knows what it's like when you're like, okay, this worker is not listening to me. And they're like, yeah, this is what you can do. Or this is what worked or what didn't work. It is. It's, it's amazing. You need to have other foster parents. Yeah. It's a different type of support and encouragement, I think, that comes from people who have been in the trenches as well. Even though every foster care you know, situation is different, we obviously know that, but just like you said, to have someone have that shared understanding of like, I get it. I see you. I hear you on a deeper level than most other people can. It's really a big deal. Absolutely. Okay. So what, can you tell me something that has been like a particularly hard thing for you on your foster care journey? Hmm. Oh, yes. I think the hardest part is dealing with the workers. There are some amazing, amazing workers. And they are overworked and they have a lot of cases on their hands. And it doesn't matter what state you go to, what county, like it is just what it is. Yeah. But there are some workers that (laughs) are just really, we just need to show a lot of God's grace and love towards. And it's really hard sometimes. It is. It's so true. I actually, yesterday, this is not this literally just happened yesterday. Our daughter's doing visits now, not through DCF, but through this agency. It's like the parenting 
center, whatever, I don't know. And so these people who don't know us now, like come and pick her up and they say that it's going to be, it's been the same time every single week for the whole, for her whole life and the same day. And no one ever told me the time was changing. Then yesterday I'm like 1030 is when they're supposed to pick her up. Nobody's there. 1045. Nobody's there. I'm calling, I'm calling, texting the caseworker. Hey, have you heard anything? Is the visit on today? Nothing, nothing, nothing. So at 11 o'clock, I'm like, well, I'm leaving. Like, we're going to go do something fun. If we're not going to like have a visit today, whatever, I guess they're not coming. 1130, they call me and they're like, Hey, where are you? Are you aware that there's a visit today? And I was like, I literally started crying. (laughs) I did. I just was like, frustrating. You're kidding me right now. Like I had her ready. She was dressed all cute. She had like her cute little bow in her hair. And I just was like, are you kidding me? And it's so strikes me as you say, it's like, and I, and I feel bad because I kind of did like a snap a little bit at the woman. Like I was like, I'm sorry. I know this isn't your fault, but like no one told me this you know? And she was like, okay, I understand. Like, and then I felt bad that I snapped. And it was just like one of those things where I'm like, we're just all doing the best we can. But like, if there was, you're right. Like some of the things that are hard about it don't have to be hard. If people just communicate. (laughs) Yes. Communication is, I feel like when I talk to other foster parents, communication with DCF and people who are affiliated with DCF doing visits and just everything is the communication part. I know. It's so true. It's so true. And it's like, you know, obviously we all have our moments and our good days and bad days, but it feels definitely sometimes, like you said, like they're overworked, underpaid. And sometimes in a job like that, it's easy just to be like, well, sorry, didn't make that phone call. You know what I mean? It's like, well, you didn't, but like the child is actually the one who's suffering. It's so frustrating sometimes. So what do you do when that happens? How do you deal with that? Um, I definitely have to take deep breaths mm-hmm. and I, <laughs> I, I do, I have to take deep breaths and take a step back and just pray. And I pray for them and I just pray for my heart, even though I am frustrated and want to snap. And I'm sure I do. I'm sure there are times that I snap, but it's, I don't know. Like I, so with my, my 17 year old, we had a, an issue yesterday where she had made a doctor's appointment. I was like, I have, nobody told me this. Nobody communicated this. And I'm so glad they're not working today because I needed today to take some deep breaths. Oh yeah. That's so true. That's so true. And I think too, like that was really it for me. I'm like, I wanted to do all the right things. That's always what I want. I'm like, of course I'm going to have her ready for her visit. Of course you're going to have her, the doctor's appointment. Of course, that's what we're here for. But when the things don't get communicated, it it can make us feel sometimes, at least it made me feel like I was the one who wasn't doing the right thing. And then, you know, at the end of the day, again, it's about our kids. Okay. Are they getting what they need? And it's like hard. It makes it very, very, it's very, it's already heavy emotionally. And then when that stuff happens, it's like, oh gosh, you're right. We just have to take a step back and breathe and pray and try to get ourselves together. <laughs> and I just have to remind myself, like they are human, mm-hmm. like I'm human. Yeah. But it, it, it's still hard, but I, <laughs> I still yeah. remind myself every time. But which is why, again, like you said, like, it's good to be able to say like, you and I are just meeting here, you know, like, but I feel like I know you so much better because of our shared experience as foster mamas. And like, we're both like, yep, I hear you. That's frustrating. And like, sometimes that's all it takes to just be supported in the right way. It's just like, oh gosh, yep. I know that's that communication could really be better. Like, oh yeah. 
My goodness. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course, all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com. Well, thank you so much. Is there any encouragement that you would give to someone who's considering foster care, but is maybe on the fence or feels like, I'm not sure if if it's right for me or not? I think my biggest advice would be to pray about it, of course. And then I just, we're all called to foster. That's, and it might not be like with our homes, like we can provide other services like clothing or toys or taking our kids out or loving on us as foster parents, Mm -hmm. but every, like it, it is doable and it doesn't matter your age. And I think that's one of my biggest encouragements is connecting with other foster parents, not just locally, but I mean, Instagram's been my biggest, like my connection point. Like I've seen like all of these foster moms who are adopting kids. And like, for me, I'm like, I can do that. We're taking one kid and I was like, oh, I can adopt one. But then seeing other people, I'm like, oh, oh, I can do it. I'm not limiting myself. Yeah, I think you can do it, people. You yes. can love if you even have like the thought of fostering, like talk to talk to your spouse and or yourself or God or whoever there is to talk to. And but just you can do it. I these kids need love. They need a home. And they need you. So true. I love that so much. That's just such a perfect reminder. Oh, I'm so grateful for you, Laura. I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, how can people connect with you on Instagram or follow your journey online? So I am on Instagram. I am. It's Loverly LG14. And you can find me on Facebook as Laura Collier. Perfect. Thank you. I cannot wait to have some people connecting with you and just benefiting from your encouragement. Thank you for taking the time and chatting with me. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.